Welcome to Eudaimonia, where we explore small snippets in vast universes of knowledge, one episode at a time. This is your host, Radha Vardarajan. Today's episode is on surveillance capitalism, a keen topic of discussion since 2014, which is currently attracting more attention with the release of the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. I'll briefly talk about various changes that has taken place in our society before the emergence of surveillance capitalism, what surveillance capitalism is, and the sort of domino effect that it has on our society. Hope you have a lot of fun listening today. In the last episode, we saw how humans think in stories rather than facts and numbers. In his famous book, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, Historian Yuval Noah Harari writes that three grand narratives dictated the course of international history for the past century. The fascist story, the communist story, and the liberalist story. World War II knocked out the fascist story, the fall of the Soviet Union knocked out the communist one, and the liberal story was all that remained, and even today seems to be an indispensable manual for the future of the world. Of course, fascism, communism, and liberalism are threaded into the complex tapestry of our present-day systems, and it might actually be more apt to say that these stories always existed in tandem with each other. However, it would not be remiss to say that the liberal story that celebrates the value and power of liberty is what's in vogue in the present day. The liberal story acknowledges that not everything is peachy in the world, and that there are many hurdles that we need to overcome. It recognizes that a large part of our political systems are dominated by despots, many of our business leaders are ethically lausch, and even in the most liberal countries, many citizens suffer from poverty, violence, and oppression. But the liberal narrative says, at least we know what we need to do to overcome these problems. Give people more liberty. We need to protect human rights, grant everybody the vote, establish free markets, and let individuals' ideas and goods move throughout the world as easily as possible. Liberal politics believes that voter knows best. Liberal art holds that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Liberal economics maintains that the customer is always right, and liberal ethics advises that if it feels good, you need to go ahead and do it. Liberal education teaches us that we need to think for ourselves. So if you look closely, the very foundation of liberalism is pegged on individual human experience. Liberalism humors experience and honors feelings. But what will happen when the human experience becomes just another designable product, no different in essence from any other item in the supermarket? History has shown us that grand narratives are framed by small groups of innovators rather than large unsuspecting masses, and this rings very true in our time of breakneck technological advancement. In fact, we are participating in the greatest socio-economic experiment in human history, and very few of us are aware of it. It's called surveillance capitalism. Everything we do, morning, day and night, is tracked, analyzed and monetized. We live in a world where some 500 white and brown dudes in Silicon Valley have access to every information about us, from our favorite toothpaste flavor to our position on abortion. And we would be terribly naive if we think that this information is dormant and is unused. 
Surveillance capitalism describes a market-driven process where the commodity for sale is your personal data, and the capture and production of this data relies on mass surveillance of the internet. This activity is often carried out by companies that provide us with free online services such as search engines, Google, and social media platforms like Facebook. These companies collect and scrutinize our online behaviors. likes dislikes searches social networks purchases in order to produce data that can further be used for commercial purposes and it's often done in a way that most of us don't even have understanding of the full extent of this surveillance your phone for example is not just listening to you but knows exactly how long you spend viewing an instagram post or reading the description of a show on netflix Smart home devices, microphones, cameras, smartwatches, fitness trackers, temperature and motion sensors, all these devices collect data that is commodified by the giant data companies. From sending targeted ads into our feeds to filtering into our very consciousness and shaping what and how we think, big data algorithms monitor and understand our feelings much better than we do. Social media harvests information about us and feeds us content and through our engagement gives us dopamine hits because of which we come back for more so it's like a cycle and it keeps happening again and again and it's the ultimate toxic relationship Months ago Facebook announced that it had acquired a startup that designs brain to computer interfaces why so that it can read our minds without us having to speak or type a word some defenders of the initiative said that it will be helpful in smoother communication but that's like saying a forest fire is good because while it is raising the land it, it is clearing out area for cultivation surveillance capitalists have expertly kept their actions hidden in the shadows of our own pockets take facial recognition for example The technology could be used in many insidious ways and one prime example of that is FindFace. FindFace is a face recognition technology developed by a Russian company that specializes in neural network tools. If saying neural network tools was an ominous enough, the company provides a line of services for the state and various business sectors and the technology was reportedly used as a web service that helped find people on social media platforms using their photos. So if someone were sitting in a cafe and minding their own business and a creep were to take a photo of them and search on the Find Face app they'd be able to find all about them and their social media handles that's a reality in Russia and that's so terrifying that it makes you want to burn it all down this sort of technology is also used in law enforcement not just in Russia but in many countries of the world including India in October 2019 CNN reported that India was in the process of building the world's largest facial recognition system I'll read out a small excerpt from that CNN article. The project would match images from the country's growing network of CCTV cameras against a database encompassing mugshots of criminals, passport photos and images collected by agencies such as Ministry of Women and Child Development. The platform would also enable searches based on photos uploaded from newspapers, images sent in by the public or art sketches of suspected criminals. It would also recognize faces on closed circuit cameras and generate alerts if blacklist matches found. End quote. The National Crime Records Bureau claims that facial recognition platform would play a very vital role in improving outcomes when it comes to identifying missing persons and bodies as well as identifying criminals. In France, there are databases that contain the DNA information of former miscreants and criminals and also the databases of closely related family members of these criminals. 
some reports claim that these databases try to predict future crimes in order to prevent it india seems to be inching closer to this kind of development with the dna bill the dna bill is a contentious piece of legislation seeking to establish a national dna data bank and regional dna data banks the bill envisages that every data bank will maintain indices like crime scene index suspects and under trials index etc While claiming to be a criminal database the bill includes uses such as maternity and paternity issues relating to pedigree immigration or emigration and expanding the UIDAI's biometric scale to span issues relating to establishment of individual identity so to put it short that's essentially saying that they're going to be linking biological information with aadhar Every day it looks like we're approaching a reality that looks straight out of an episode of Black Mirror. With so much high-tech brainwashing, a sort of identity crisis naturally follows. I mean, it was hard enough to find our quote-unquote authentic selves when we weren't part AI ourselves. But it seems like the old adage, we are what we consume, is becoming freakishly literal in more ways than one. Our private lives, data, emotions, relationships, preferences, beliefs, personal finances, health issues and our free expression, all of these are on sale right now. And the least we can do is to create awareness and stay vigilant. We need to recognize and understand when and how we are feeding to our own biases and consciously create channels of communication with as diverse a group as possible. One of the immediate dangers that these social media platforms that offer deceptively pleasing customization of our feeds is irrevocable polarization. It's worth remembering that the fight is us versus the dozens of engineers and scores of supercomputers behind our screens and not against the rest of the unsuspecting mass of humanity. <laughs>